I'm Cam. I'm Casey. And we would be hanging out a lot this summer. But are unfortunately separated by quarantine. He's in Maryland. And he's in New Mexico. So we figured we'd start planning the road trip now. Every week we'll pitch a song to create the perfect road trip playlist. And probably veer off topic quite a bit. So this is Cam and Casey across the country. <laughs> All right, everybody. And we're back. back to the podcast. Welcome episode back to the podcast baby. that happens every Monday. You were hopefully expecting it. This is actually episode 17. Sorry. What did you say? <laughs> episode 16? I said episode 18. I have no idea what we're on. We're, you're skipping ahead. I'm skipping we have a guest today, though. I'm to be here. We're yeah. all excited to be here because of our guest. Yes, sir. Who, who is wanna, it? Do you want to introduce yourself? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, I'm Alex. And yes, I've, sir. I've known these two jokers for like 10 years. <laughs> sir yeah fun fact actually alex was one of the first two people ever met at key school so he is an original an og so welcome to the podcast alex yeah (laughs) (laughs) are you a music fan first and foremost because it'd be weird if you weren't it'd be probably awkward it'd be a little odd but dude we love why you're here nonetheless Well, if you're a music fan, we always get started with, what have you been listening to this week? What, what are some of the things that you've been, uh, that's been on repeat for you? Or new discoveries? What do you want to talk about? All right, let's see. Um, what have I been listening to on repeat this week has probably been some Elliot Smith. Okay. Love all of his work. We're getting work. sad up in here. Oh, hell yeah. I am depressed as f*** this week. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, let's see, some new stuff. I've been listening to After Hours by Velvet Underground for a little bit, and it's a nice little kind of relaxing, also rather depressing song, and I like it. Velvet Underground has been, like, recommended to me, or I've seen it around for, like, five times in the past week. I think I need to listen. So, everybody, I don't know, everybody's always like, Velvet Underground, Velvet Underground, and they've got some very good stuff. But I always kind of find find myself like skipping over their songs when they like crop up on my shuffle list. But After Hours is really good, and I really like cool. it. So cool, cool, good stuff. Well, you can. What have you been? What have you been listening to? I've been going back to Carly Hansen a lot this week. Oh, I just moved in. I'm moving I back love me to some Carly Hansen. And uh, yeah, Days In just goes so hard. But honestly, her entire discography is just really good. Like when I was moving in. A few days back, I would just kind of hit shuffle on entire discography on Spotify and just let everything yeah. play. And there aren't really any notable skips. You know, there are a couple of songs that I just listen to enough times that I might I might skip them every now and then. But every song of hers is just good at a very basic level. Oh, I can't remember if I talked about it much last week, but I've been listening a lot to the Glass Animals album, um, the first yep. half that is that I really like. <laughs> and then um, I guess. I don't think it. I don't think it's an EP, but like I guess the the new neighborhood singles. Um, oh yeah, yeah, the build really up to good. the album. Yeah, it's like a triple. There are like three songs on it all together. Um, all of them really good. Yeah, mostly just. I guess that was, those were uh, part of last week's new music Friday. So just trying to catch True. up on that and then getting back into Carly Hansen. Carly Hansen is one of my favorite, one of my favorite up and coming artists for sure. Because she doesn't. I don't think she has a. She doesn't have a full-length album out. It's just EPs, I think. So it's like, mm-hmm. I love finding artists that's like, everything is so good because they don't all have all that much. Um, I'm a big fan recently of Where You At. I think that's one of my favorites from hers. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, dude, I've been listening to singles this week, too. I 
three singles that I'm going to throw out that are from completely different people. I think almost all of them were this week's New Music Friday. The first one was a single that was built up to his album, Deep End, by Jaden Smith. I was kind of disappointed by CTV3 because I like really like CTV2. So I was kind of sad that the album wasn't as good as the two singles, but Deep End is a fantastic song. Girl in Red also has a phenomenal single. I'm literally... Oh, Rue, which I'm wondering if it's a reference to Euphoria. I don't know. Ooh, um, it might be. And then there's this one song, which I'd never heard of, never heard of the artist. It was just like in my playlist called Dance, Dance, Dance by Astrid S. Highly recommend. It's a fun like dance pop song. And then I've had the Journey soundtrack on on <laughs> the score for <laughs> yes, sir. the 2013 video game Journey on repeat. I just score that still. It is I've got gorgeous. I've got it queued up, but I just have not gone around. There's so many like small indie games that like I always say I'm like I'm gonna play it, and even big AAA games like Breath of the Wild. I'm like I'm gonna finish it one day, and it's been like a year now. <laughs> I'm bad at like now that I like have it. Now that I've finished my first game, and now that I've finished, like, two mm-hmm. games, I don't feel as guilty, like, not playing. When I hadn't finished anything, <laughs> I was like, I just bought a $300 console. I got to right. finish stuff. And now that I've gone through two games, I'm like, all right, cool. I can chill a little <laughs> bit. And I'm bad at finishing games because I'll, like, it takes you a while to get into it. So, it like, I, I don't Definitely. like playing it at first because now I'm on Uncharted. And, like, Journey is easy. So, Journey was mm-hmm. two hours, and it was, like, a great thing to, like, feel accomplished at the end. And it was, like, Super my cool. favorite. And then now I'm on Uncharted, and I it's like the mechanics are completely different than Spider-Man, so I'm just like trying to like yeah. figure out where to go. It does take a little bit to get into, from what I remember, especially the first Uncharted starts off pretty slow, but definitely worth if you can find the the time to like push through it because it's still my I think it's my favorite video game series. Um, yeah, ever. and I'm and I'm gonna say the same thing about Breath of the Wild. <laughs> that was the first game I ever finished, and Cam. Cam, you gotta do it. I know. Bro, okay, you know what? I'm just about to expose myself right here because there is a defense for me not finishing it. And it has to do with the fact that Fortnite takes up 80% of my Switch's <laughs> storage and I had to uninstall Breath of the Wild so I could keep playing with the boys every night. Uh, so now that I'm back and I have my PlayStation, I can uninstall Fortnite from my Switch. But <laughs> for a long time... <laughs> Dude, I don't. I, I, I still don't... I don't tell people we play Fortnite. I'm like, I'm playing video games with my friends, but we're not... <laughs> Like it's, it. at this point, it's like whatever. It's fun, <laughs> dude. It's a fun game, and it's really well made. It's got some talk. To- it's like Rick and Morty. It's got some toxic fans exactly that kind of ruin totally. its reputation. But like, it is single handedly the greatest free game to ever be made. Oh yeah, I think it's the most. I would say it's probably the most popular game of the past five years, if not the past decade. That might be like exaggerating, because like. I don't know all the multiplayer games that came out in the last decade, and like <laughs> that doesn't really take into account narrative games, really. But I think it's probably one of the most impactful, iconic. Oh yeah, because Halo was like the 2000s, so that's not the 2010s. Yeah, that's a bit older. I mean, it's really worked its way into the cultural zeitgeist of our oh, zeitgeist. Mention number two. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude! I love that word. <laughs> I mean, it. At first, I thought it was just going to be like a Pokemon Go situation. Right, yeah. It has staying power. It does. It, and it's a surprising amount, too. I did a report on it for school, senior year of high school. I remember that and report. And I think that was... For economics. Uh, was that when it had just come out? Did yeah. It come out like... Th- no, well, it came out that it came summer. Out like it was like 2016, 2017. Because it was like... 
towards the end of high school, but it had been out for a little bit when you did that report. I think I it came out summer of 2017 because I did the report in like March of 2018, and I think that winter is when it really blew up. Because there was also that was when there were like they were like announcing the paid version for like later that year, and they just never ended up doing it. Because mm-hmm. it was so a like, demo, it was supposed to be a single player campaign game with exactly. like a little multiplayer element. They were like, "We'll release the multiplayer as a free demo." Yeah, it's and still beta. It's technically, like, it's te- it was in a it was a beta <laughs> demo version of their online game, and it got so popular that they basically just. As far as I know, scrap the idea of like a paid solo campaign. I think you can still do the solo campaign, but it like that's not no one knows about that anymore. Like well, now there's like for the multiplayer. They're building the narrative story aspect into the multiplayer, which is like mm-hmm. that seems pretty revolutionary to me. I, I'm sure games have done that before, but like how it's so integrated with it, it's like almost like television episodes is like very cool. It's insane how frequently they change the game. Like the yeah. idea of a free game being massively overhauled about every three months or every 10 weeks i think actually to be exact is unheard of usually you just have like if you look at like sports games like fifa there's more updated every 10 weeks in fortnite than there is between two copies of fifa sure totally and you have to pay 60 dollars for a new fifa (laughs) i think like the i'm also really excited when like something really creative and like somewhat subversive becomes really mainstream like for Mm -hmm. a thing like i was so excited when i started watching midnight gospel and found out that it was just like an animated podcast i was like this is very different it's like on netflix it's super cool so the fact that like Fortnite gets all this kind of hatred because of the fan base it's like a really creative way of telling a story through a game that like is supposed to be more constant but then like will update and so then it changes the narrative and also changes like the gameplay functions and how oh, you yeah. interact with it and what you can do in it so i think it's like and you can also like get hints at the story that they don't come right away like we the new season one of the buildings is now like under renovation so we can like make guesses for what that's gonna be right. um but it actually yeah. feels like an ongoing narrative which i think is awesome for like such a massively popular video game yeah. free game for a free game it's amazing but that's enough yeah. about our favorite video games because this week we're talking about our favorite, our favorite songs s- dude oh. good segue thank you i've been working on my i've been practicing my segue <laughs> i'm trying to get better in at. normal conversation with you in the mirror <laughs> yeah this week is favorite songs also like character defining songs i was kind of thinking like anthem like if you pick a song that like would either be like your theme song or the song that you like walk out to the home plate when you're up to bat, like that kind of thing. It's like a song that defines who you are in a sense and is also one of your favorites. Um, It can define you like lyrically or historically might be more nostalgic. So it's kind of up for interpretation like most of the, most of the days, but that's, that's today's song. I love it. Do you want to, do you want to start it off since this is your, uh, your theme this week? I'll start it off. Yeah, I don't really. I didn't. I guess I'm creating the vibe of the episode now. Um, oh yeah, because <laughs> I have a couple yeah, different songs that I can you. choose. But my English class last or not last year, freshman year, our professor made us like our first writing prompt was like pick your theme song basically, and so this mm-hmm. is the one that I picked. I'm super surprised that he hasn't been on the podcast yet because I love this artist. He's one of my favorites. I saw him in concert, and I also will have a reason for this song lyrically. Okay, okay. But also, like, tonally. So this song is called Brand New by Ben Rector. 
outside Like making big mistakes I feel like for the first time in a long time This is what they play at the uh, end of 8th grade party. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, this is, this is like an end of math class pizza party. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, which is exactly how I want to come off to people. Like, there's no... Mm. The reason mm-hmm. I picked this song is because this is sort of like... This is the, to- like, tone vibe that, like, I want to present to people. Like, I want to be sort of, like, fun and charismatic and light and, like, enjoyable Ooh, and, like, palatable like to everybody. I mean, maybe that's, yeah. like, a bit too much. But I don't know. I think there's a huge disdain for top 40 radio hits. And this one, I think, made it to top 40. It was, like, his only big radio hit. But there's a huge disdain for that kind of music. And I really love that kind of music. I think it can make for some really great creativity and some, like, fun melodies. It's just, like, such an upbeat song. I feel like nobody can, like, hate this song. And then also, one of the reasons it's my favorite is because I like what it's about. It's, like, tonally very interesting. Or not interesting, but it's, like, I feel brand. It's just, like, you feel good. Like, it's a good feel-good song. Oh, yeah. And one of the lyrics is, I feel like a young John Cusack. And when I was younger, everyone said that I looked like John Cusack. Yes. Sir. Um. So if so, like lyrically, I'm like, yeah, that's it. I I feel this song. This hardcore. <laughs> so this is my favorite song. It's just kind of like the the entire mood that I want to go for, preferably all the time. This this is my song. Beautiful. I love this song. That's a, those. It's hard not to get. You know, we touched on this at the end of last episode, but it's one of those songs where it's hard not to feel good about or be happy about. Like we were saying, it's that end of end of the school year pizza party kind of vibes or you're at like the beach with your friends you know it's very it's hard not to just get happy listening to it um yeah it's windows down are, at rehoboth those are the best kinds of songs sometimes exactly yeah you're grotto's just pizza type beat yeah beautiful Ooh, grotto's pizza type beat oh yes <laughs> that's exactly what it is rita's ice cream all over your fingers oh, dude it yeah. sounds like rita's <laughs> it really does let's just it come up with like, like summer good like summer, summer metaphors also like i love songs that feel like you're watching a series finale montage i've said series finale songs before i think but like mm-hmm. you know like the edits on youtube where it's like a montage of all like the good moments <laughs> like definitely come on like they're just such good feel good songs i i think there's also not only is there a disdain for like top 40 radio uh, which i think is like a lot of times unwarranted but there's also like it's a corny song. Like, it's a dumb, cheesy song. Oh, so And there's cheesy. nothing wrong with that. Like, it's I so love fun. cheesiness, corniness. Like, I think it's one of my favorite kind of, like, I don't know. It's one of my favorite things to write about. It's just, like, goofy. Like, why take it so seriously? Of course it's so corny. It's great. Yeah, it's kind of important not to take yourself too seriously all the time, you know? You gotta just, like, kind of relax a little bit and just be happy. Dude, that's Stay the goal. For the people in the back. <laughs> I I think a lot of people, particularly in college, I mean, college maybe it's a little bit um, different because everyone's like trying on a bunch of different hats like all the time. But people, I think, take themselves too seriously all the time. I mean, not just college, but in college, you're like meeting people for the first time. And like, I've definitely fallen into this trap of like wanting to seem cool when I first meet somebody. But I think I, I was listening to something. I think I was listening to a, a podcast with Bo Burnham, which I come back to literally all the time. It's like an interview with him. It's like three hours. And he was like, the way to be cool is to like, tr- like actively try to not be cool. Like not in a way of like being like strange or whatever, but like try so hard not to try and be cool. Cause it's so easy to be like, 
trying yeah. all the things of like trying to be chill and and cool and like people like you but like if you actively try not to do that you're gonna be kind of like unapologetically yourself and people will think you're cooler by nature it's hard not to put on like a mask or a massage and try to like appear to be the certain way when you're like especially making new connections i feel like we were talking about this a while ago alex actually about like we talked about like legos like back in the day you know it was super easy like there's almost like a, a fear with things like that of being like oh i like these things that not everyone is going to just think is cool yeah it's kind of like well you're like the best version of yourself is going to be the one that embraces the things that you enjoy the most. It's not yeah. about you just trying to be the coolest or just like the things that are cool. It's about, it's funny how the coolest people are the ones that actually feel passionate about something. Yeah. Oh my God. Like people that actually have like a passion and a love for something so genuinely. And it's not just like a one-off, like it's like, Oh, I like this thing. Cause it's the cool thing to do. Yeah. yeah. It's like they have a genuine, yeah, it's just so unique almost now. You don't, it's not often that everyone has something that they're so strongly passionate about. Yeah. You know, it got for like a lot of high school. I, I, I remember this conversation pretty well. Yeah. It was just, I felt uncomfortable, you know, talking about it and like expressing that part of me because, you know, they're kind of traditionally seen as just like children's toys then you're not supposed to be doing stuff right. like that yeah exactly you know then when you get to kind of senior year of high school or college you just kind of you just say fuck it i mean <laughs> exactly oh, yeah. you know yeah. that's what it comes down to because that's how you meet the the real ones you know like if you if you embrace that kind of stuff and then you connect with someone on that kind of stuff that's going to be such a deeper relationship than just like, oh, we both like this one thing because we think it's cool. Yeah. Or is it all cool my, thing to like, I should say. You know what I mean? Literally all my favorite people are the ones that are like just putting out things that they enjoy. And like I fall into that all the time where I like I want to put out music or this podcast, or like a bunch of different things. And I'm like, oh, if, a bu if I put out a bunch of these things – People are going to think it's corny, and then also if a lot of them fail and only one works, it's like, oh, I'm bad or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, like, my favorite people are the one that's putting out songs to five people, and I'm like, these are great songs, and you clearly love what you're doing. And that kind of goes into our Fortnite discussion earlier. It's like, yeah. if that's something we oh, like. totally, yeah. There are so many fan like things that I'm a fan of that I don't openly talk about that I'm mm -hmm. trying to, like, avoid doing that. Like, I want to start talking about them more because when I avoid talking about them, it's like, because I, like, don't talk about how much I would like Rick and Morty because it's, like, the fan base sucks or a lot of the fan the public fan base is not great. Um, but it's, like, a great television show. It is interesting how much, like, fans of certain medias can just ruin it entirely. Yeah. yeah. Like, the idea and the execution of Rick and Morty itself isn't, like, inherently cringe, you might say. Yeah. But the, like, hardcore fans that ruin its image definitely have like made the show into something no one none of their creators wanted it to become yeah. okay and so stigmatized now i have this i don't think it's a theory because i haven't fully fleshed it out but i want to figure out why this happens every i think there's like certain properties like things whether it be music movies like literally whatever mm -hmm. that garner specifically obsessive fans like more so than anything mm. else like people might be obsessed with one thing but every single time i've like bought a shirt for a fan thing that i like 
or like gone out of my way to get something based on it i've then found out that the fan base is cringy like i first got one for doctor who i got a shirt (laughs) then i got a shirt for rick and morty then i got a shirt for a24 and i was like there's no way a24 becomes cringy and now it's become cringy and then the film tiktok (laughs) and then um oh and then brock hampton was the other one Brockhampton maybe less so. People are a big fan, but there's like a bunch of kind of toxic Brockhampton fans, um, tox Hampton fans, if you will. <laughs> well, I think there's a certain property that kind of I, I'm not sure about a uh, A24 Brockhampton, but with like Rick and Morty or like you know anime with the weebs, uh-huh. <laughs> I think an important aspect is that some segments of the, some segment of the media is subversive in some way, you know. Fair, fair. Mm-hmm. There's kind of a satirical, almost subversive element to some of the humor. There's a de- lot of dark humor, Definitely. which kind of, which could rub some people the wrong way. And then people who, and if it starts off with like a small fan base at first, people who kind of feel like they're the ones who get in on the ground floor, and then mm-hmm. it becomes really popular really quickly then they kind of see all these new these new uh, followers as kind of just like uh, hopping on the bandwagon, not true fans because they didn't get in on the ground sure. floor. exactly. I think it's a mix of the addition of mainstream too because it's like yeah. when I got the A24 shirt was whatever, like 2017, 2018, and I'm not trying to be like I got in on the ground floor because I don't think I did, but like – a24 wasn't quite as mainstream, not quite as popular at the time. And now film-wise, it's very popular. And that's when it kind of becomes cringy. Or like I could take – if you could take – you could compare Rick and Morty and BoJack Horseman. Like BoJack Horseman isn't nearly as popular as Rick and Morty. But you can see some BoJack Horseman fans, like the ones that maybe like idolize BoJack or whatever, kind of just like being a little bit more toxic. But it's not nearly as mainstream, so liking BoJack Horseman is fine. But yeah. if it got as popular as Rick and Morty – people might be like, this fan base sucks, you know? Exactly. And I think that that kind of plays into my point about there being almost a, some of it being has the potential of being a little subversive, like with Joker. Mm-hmm, totally. You know, Joker's Joker kind of appeal. I, there's a certain segment that almost sees the Joker as, you know, or as somebody kind of be emulated you know and they kind of miss the point of the yeah which is crazy to me <laughs> right misses the whole point of the movie and it's the same mm-hmm. thing with like fight club or yeah again bojack horseman something with a flawed main character and people seem to kind of connect with them and when mm-hmm. it becomes a mainstream like that it can yeah it can create some rather toxic fans yeah, and it's strange that there's so many different, so many different types of toxic fans. Yeah. Because you think of the people that like idolize like Joker or idolize like BoJack Horseman, look up to him as an idol, and people who are just like Harry Potter stands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like back in the day, you know that was a big thing is like people becoming obsessed with a fandom. Yeah. Yeah. Or. And, you know, it's, it's interesting that there are different types of toxicity. Some people get super engrossed with a media. I think the biggest example of that right now is Star Wars. If you take anyone who's oh, a, yeah. a Star Wars fan, there's so many different camps about these movies suck. No, these movies suck. Oh, if you like that movie, you're not a real fan. 
and that's its own toxicity but then you get people who are so engrossed in that that they like idealize and idolize certain characters typically ones that aren't supposed to get idolized like you were saying like joker isn't a character that you're supposed to see and be like that's me that's me (laughs) yeah that's me out there on the screen that's like no of course not but it's interesting because i would i would wonder what what makes media like that encourage those types of fans because not every tv show not every movie not every story has toxic fans to that level but there's something about like rick and morty that makes certain fans go i'm rick he gets it this show gets me or i'm joker i see myself in that character on the screen more so than others i feel like this is such a big topic that we might not want to get into today (laughs) but like everything that we've mentioned specifically creating that kind of toxic fan that idolizes something is kind of a is tapping into like a form of masculinity where it's like Mm -hmm. if you look at rick or bojack or um what's his name in fight club um oh i can't remember um i was gonna say i mean don draper i was gonna say that but that's also a character that fits the mold (laughs) walter white um brad pitt i forget his name i love fight club whatever those are all characters that kind of exemplify like the cap of toxic masculinity. It's like that is mm-hmm. the epitome of like what it is to view masculinity as like a huge power dynamic that makes you better than everybody, huge narcissistic levels. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times the toxic fans are men that kind of – I think it taps into an insecurity that I think a lot of men have. Um, and some men find it in – completely abandoning that form of masculinity which i would which is the healthy way of doing so um or at least like critiquing it in a specific way and then there are ones that fall into the in the to the camp of like completely identifying with that yeah um and then yeah joker fits into that too um i don't know there are different levels to it the craziest part to me is like if you compare twilight fans from way back when oh i got something on this keep going keep going how ridiculed they were and Mm -hmm. i would say predominantly it was women or like or girls at our age in like middle school at the time were like obsessed with it and like it was a good episode i'm so excited they got just like ridiculed all the time for it being like you're too obsessive there's other Mm -hmm. things in life you know move on but when dudes get so hooked up on the joker it's like (laughs) Do your thing. Like, there's such little repercussions for aspiring to these toxic, masculine idols, essentially. But when you have a large proportion, a large female audience get engrossed with just a love story, it becomes this big deal of there's more to life. Get over <laughs> it. Move on. Dude, I can't believe that this is the gender politics episode. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, How did our favorite songs turn into this? Dude, because I. <laughs> I, I watched a video about this, and, like, this is just something that I feel like people kind of, like, are aware of subconsciously, too. Fan bases that are overtly women – or not overtly, I guess, like, majority women um, mm-hmm. are ridiculed and made fun of so much more than, oh, like, yeah. ones that yeah, are majority male. Because um, the majority male ones are, like, uh, primarily people who just, like, view the toxicity of it. Like, it's not necessarily, like – made fun of and it's embarrassing as much as it's it's only embarrassing if you're like conscious of it um Mm. but yeah if you look at like twilight that's like a feminine thing to like and so it gets completely ridiculed and then if you look at like 
One Direction or boy bands. Like, that's another thing that's sort of, like, the majority of the fan base is women. Um, and so then that gets ridiculed significantly more. And right, if you yeah. look at the, like, quote-unquote toxicity of it all or the obsessive nature, I guess, the ones that are primarily men are way more harmful than the ones that are women. Like, the yeah, you, you sure. can view any kind of obsessiveness, obsession, as somewhat toxic. But, like, I would say being obsessed with Twilight or being obsessed with One Direction is not nearly as harmful to yourself and, like, society at large than it is to idolize an abusive narcissist, you know, like, in one of these exactly. other forms of media. I mean, remember just how much people used to get, uh, like, teenage girls used to get for, like, being believers in One Direction? Uh, exactly. Oh, yeah. Holy, yeah. Dude, and sure. people not only, like, ridiculed people who liked Twilight, people f hated Twilight for no reason. Like, Twilight mm -hmm. is not a good book by any means, and it's not a good movie, <laughs> but it's also, like, not terrible. Like, it's fine schlock. Like, it's enjoyable. Like, whatever. It's the same thing as, like, I'm trying to think of a good example of something that I like that's, like, more masculine and kind of corny. I don't know. That doesn't fit in the confines Fortnite. of masculinity, I guess. Huh? Fortnite? Fortnite. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's like, Twilight isn't that bad. It's, like, fine. It's really and not. people were, like, sending death threats to Stephanie Myers and all of the it's actors. Absurd. Like, yeah. it's crazy. And I do want to point out, because we were, we were talking earlier about, like, how important it is to like embrace the things that you like mm -hmm. and i want to make the point that like we're not saying that men who love the joker should be shunned or oh ridiculed. not at all i'm just saying that the large female majorities who enjoy things like twilight shouldn't be especially when you have such like large proportions of guys who like much more problematic elements like the joker or bojack horseman or fight club and aren't ridiculed. Yeah. All I'm saying is there should be a balance here, and that <laughs> ridicule just... people equally. <laughs> also, if ridicule you ridicule everyone or ridicule no one, you can't the have South this Park philosophy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Also, if you like, and also if you're saying that Twilight and One Direction is overtly feminine, and Fight Club and BoJack Horseman are overtly masculine, is also not true. It's like mm -hmm. the fan base just so happens to lean one way or the other, and. Yeah, you can fucking like whatever you want to like. That's the whole point of media. Whatever you see yourself reflected in or just enjoy in general is, like, great. Anything you exactly. anything you find happiness. And that's what uh, Brand New by Ben Rector is about. So, uh, oh, fantastic. The segment. next song. <laughs> right there. That was beautiful. Who, who's next? <laughs> We'll go Alex next. We'll go with our guest. What do cool. you what is your what what do you bring into the table today, Alex? What is your favorite song? For this week I'm for my theme song, I'm gonna use a theme song from a different <laughs> from a movie. Oh, hell yeah, yeah. Let's do and it. Ooh. Go with uh Kenny Loggins I'm Alright from the movie Caddyshack. Okay. I've not seen Caddyshack. I saw it so long ago, and I'm gonna be honest, not particularly memorable. I didn't even <laughs> remember the song. I just heard it in a TV commercial the other day and liked it so much that I looked it <laughs> oh, up. Yeah. And I was like, that's from Caddyshack. Isn't that weird? I don't remember this song at all. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I feel like the core of the song is just like, hey, let me be myself. Stop trying to live my, try, should I try, stop, <laughs> blah. Try again. Words. <laughs> stop trying 
to make me live the life you want me to live and just let me be myself. I like how in the cover for this song, and maybe this is just the cover that Spotify chose for this single, but he looks like either Rhett or Link from Good Mythical Morning. I forget <laughs> who is who, but Dude, he I was watching like that today. Guy. What the fuck? <laughs> I was literally watching an episode of Good Mythical Morning today, and I have never, I haven't watched that set. Like, I never watched it to begin with. I watched no, I an episode maybe it. like three years ago, and I just so happened to watch one today. Very odd. Spooky. Spooky. Uh, it's a great pick though i like this song i haven't heard it, does, it in forever it kind of where mine sounded like an end of year google ad this one definitely sounds like a car commercial yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> it's great mm-hmm. I, I like that i can i feel like i can drive around with the top down and just have yeah. that blaring with yes sir me wearing a pair of sunglasses and just feeling badass and just feeling you know this is me and this is where i am right now dude this would be a great it walk up to bat song yeah yeah exactly this is like i feel like this is the song that they that they that somebody would play when they're like i don't know about to shoot a i don't know i don't don't know sports do they play songs when somebody (laughs) does a three throw wait wait. (laughs) uh no it's supposed to be quiet i'm not sure i think supposed to be dead silent supposed to be dead silent (laughs) unless it's the opposing team and then you have to yell Mm. a bunch which fun fact (laughs) <laughs> I don't have I told you guys this story before when when the girls team in high school were in the playoffs mm-hmm. are either our junior or senior year so I was an upperclassman so I was emboldened in, in, in one way or the other I was watching the game with somebody and there was like not really many people in the crowd because I think I don't know I was just hanging out before rehearsal and I wanted to watch the game um, and they were good because it was the playoffs that year and the it was just like me and I think one other person I forget who else was there it might have been Sophia I can't remember but um we were just watching the game it was just us sitting on the stage and close to the other team was taking the free throw on like our end like that mm-hmm. basket and I was like it's the other team we gotta start yelling there's nobody else here so I started like <laughs> banging the thing and I go oh and then she missed it and then Boyd walked over to me and because because that's what you want to happen and Boyd walked over to me and was like hey. We don't do that here. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, this is like the sport. Like, this is the rules of being a fan of this sport. And he was like, no, no, no. The girls' games are like a quiet arena. And I was like, what the fuck does that mean? What? Because during the guys' game, we go fucking hype for it. Yeah. And the opposing team's parents were like looking at me. And I was like, what is up with this? Like, this is how sports work. Yeah. It's so weird. Dude, let's bring gender equality to sports and ridicule all children dude fuck that girls team man <laughs> come on i don't know what the like form of respect was going on there or maybe it was because like nobody else was i don't know if it's more i guess it's more distracting if it's just one person doing it i feel it like is, you like... had the most impact more than just a crowd because if it's a crowd it's like you're about to take a free throw you're at an away game and some mad lad from that dude. school is on his ones banging on the theater stage trying to be a distraction dude okay that would send me that's such a good strategy, though. Like, think about because usually when the other team is take, I don't know how many, I don't know if you guys watch basketball often, but like, if you watch the other team take a free throw, 
the entire stadium will go crazy. Like, it'll go ballistic. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. that creates kind of a dull roar. Like, it doesn't exactly. really make it's anything. It's white noise. Diff- Extremely exactly. loud white noise. You're like, but... yeah. You can, and and players will literally like play like practice with that noise in their head to get used to it. Mm-hmm. Imagine if the entire stadium's quiet and one person's just going <laughs> nuts. <laughs> that would be so much more effective. One mad lad with a vuvuzela is way more impactful than a stadium full of people and throwing someone off. <laughs> Dude, I don't know how. It's it. I don't know if there's gonna be a basketball season, but if there is not, if there's one this season or next season, I'm gonna like airdrop that rule to everyone in the st- into the crowd and see if we can just get one person to go crazy. That's so effective. That's so much better, dude. What if it's like somebody doing like a monologue of like Hamlet, like doing a soliloquy, <laughs> like full costume, yelling. Oh my god, doing like the balcony scene from Romeo and Juliet, like on the oh, stadium or beautiful. or better yet just some really shitty stand-up comedy like really <laughs> like yo so what's the f-ing deal with airline food <laughs> <laughs> that's literally this is so much more effective than what actually happens i don't know how to implement this but oh my god i think we i think we Solved basketball. I think we did. Especially with the virtual fans. You could just have a random generator choose one fan on the Zoom call. <laughs> just go nuts. Put them on the big screen behind the hoop, like where the free throw is about to be taken, and just say, do whatever you want. It's one Dude, fan's the, responsibility um, to throw them off. It's a 1v1. <laughs> Dude, this, the uh, the digital fans for the NBA are getting clever. The Sixers got swept by the Celtics, and so the, all the Celtics fans like had brooms in their house like on the digital <laughs> thing. And they were, like, sweeping up their house. People are getting clever with it. Dude, when you watch, like, NBA, you can't see all of the digital fans at one time. And, like, it's usually not a great angle because that's, like, the way sort of, I guess, it's filmed. But if I had been chosen to be in the back of the NFL draft where you could see them so specifically. And, like, Roger Goodell fucking sucks. So it's like, (laughs) oh, my God, that would have been so good. So it sucked when he was like self-conscious or not self-conscious, self-aware enough that he was like, all right, bring on the booze. I was like, come on, like, (laughs) let people (laughs) boo you in peace. Let us hate you in without you like making a joke about it. (laughs) I think the saddest thing about adding virtual fans is you can tell which teams have the fewest fans because they'll (laughs) duplicate certain cams because they just don't have enough people. And so you'll see like three the same people person all twice. doing the same thing, you know, doing something or clapping at the same time. And it's just like, you couldn't find three more fans. It's like a 20 person fan cam. And you okay. have to. <laughs> this isn't about the fans, but this is my. I don't really watch the NBA, but this is my only gripe with the NBA right now. Go off, King. So, like, the way that it worked was like the bubble was like regular season for a little bit. It was like 10 games, I think. Mm-hmm. Eight or 10 games, maybe. Um, and then. People, like certain teams would proceed to the playoffs, but there were some teams that could go undefeated and then were still ineligible for the playoffs. So I was like, first of all, why bring them there? But the right, Suns yeah. were like really bad during the regular season, and they have Devin Booker, who's like one of the NBA's young stars right now. Um, but the Suns are really bad. And then in the bubble, they went eight and zero, and Devin Booker hit like two buzzer beaters, and everybody was like. Send them to the playoffs. It's gonna be so much more entertaining if they're there. And then they didn't make it in because they, they didn't do weren't it. good enough. It f- sucked. 
Is the <sighs> NFL um adding two teams this year or next year? Adding two teams to the playoffs. Sorry. Oh, that's this year. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm excited. It's seven for that. teams from each conference. I'm, I'm excited for that. I think yeah. that'll be great. All right. Well, there's no segue for this one, but uh, what's your song? <laughs> okay, so my favorite song. You know, I was kind of torn. I had a few options to go with today. Um, cool. But I decided to go with my corniest one possible because that seems to be fitting of this theme. And honestly, it is the song I would choose to be like my own kind of theme song. So this is Sunflower by Post Malone. Oh, Slayton. yeah. Innocent say I keep a check. She was a bad, bad, nevertheless. Calling it quits now, baby, I'm a wreck. Crash at my place, baby, I'm a wreck. Yeah, I love this song. Super upbeat, super just kind of simple, simplistic. Um, and I love the movie it comes from Into the Spider Verse. is one of my favorite movies. Um, and I think it has a lot of a lot of good moments in it that I like to emulate, as cheesy as that sounds. And so I like this song to kind of oh, like yeah. bring that all together. Um, and it's very, you know, it's 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 one of those songs that I like to listen to, like as I'm walking to class about to take a test because it's kind of like <laughs> three and a half minutes two and a half minutes long, and I can just kind of zone out while listening to it. You know, all of a sudden, I'm not thinking about this test or whatever it is I might be doing. It's just like, for two and a half minutes, I can just be happy and just kind of vibe <laughs> for a little bit before I got to, like, go off and do whatever it is I'm not looking forward to doing. So, yeah, it's it's a it's an awesome song. It got played a lot, and so I know a lot of people. It kind of just became right. part of the mainstream, and a lot of people know this song, but I don't give a butt. Watch your profanity. It's one of my favorite songs. And it just makes me really happy whenever I hear it. It's a good, upbeat, positive, happy song. Dude, I love that movie so much. And I'm going to be honest, it has no right to be as good as it is. I mean, when you think about it, like, and nobody would expect, like, I don't know, like a animated Spider-Man movie just goes so hard. But it does. I have officially determined that it's my favorite movie of all time right now. Yeah, it's it's, it's up really up there, there for me. I mean, honestly, one and two has to be Amazing Spider-Man two, then Into the Spider-Man. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's just yeah, it's it's a great movie. It all is, all, and it looks stunning. Um, I don't really have much to say about it because it's just all around a good movie. Um, Dude, I think we've I, talked about it before, but it's great. I, I saw it on opening day with Will because Will was visiting Temple that day. Mm-hmm. Um, and okay, well, first of all, I remember watching the trailer because it was during the Army Navy game, <laughs> and I was and Will and Emily were both at my house, mm-hmm. and um, so we watched the trailer, and that was before anyone knew that it was about Spider Verse. It was just we just knew it was like an animated Miles Morales movie. Right. So then when that reveal happened, because it's a great trailer, it has that Vince Staples song in it. Um, so then when that got revealed, we were like, siced. Then Will came. We listened to the entire soundtrack before the movie because the soundtrack bangs. <laughs> and then I was stoked. I was like wearing my Spider-Man shoes. Like I was like so ready because Spider-Man is my favorite <laughs> character in anything ever. And then this the like it starts glitching and I leaned over to Will and we were like, is this the greatest movie we've ever seen? And he was like, I think it is. And it was. It is now the greatest movie I've ever seen. Spider-Man is such a classic – like, I feel like at some point, everyone as a kid 
thought that Spider-Man was their favorite superhero. Yeah. I don't think I've known anyone who has ever said otherwise. Like, it's I Spider-Man had or Batman. Spider-Man. I had a Spider-Man comforter growing up. Dude, I had <laughs> the know? Spider-Man pajamas like, that had the he webs. He was my hero. On, like, oh, yeah, yeah, those were sick. Yeah. Dude. I think you're right about Batman, though, because my brother had the Batman comforter. That was our big, you know, he had Batman, I had Spider-Man. I think that's yeah, my dad's, always, my dad's always, he's like Spider-Man a lot, too, but I think he was always more Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I literally, like, I try not to look up to, like, actual celebrities as much anymore, because, like, you never know what their personal life's going to be, and you don't know who they are, and whatever, and then if, like, it comes out something right. about them, you're going to be crushed. Yeah. So I genuinely view Spider-Man as, like, my idol. Like, he is, like, I try to live, like, him every fucking day. Like, that's corny as hell, but it's, like, he's your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. He wants to be a good person. He, like, wants to be fun for the people that he loves. He wants to protect the people that he loves. He's just trying to do the best that he can. And he fails a lot. And, like, I think he's the greatest comic book character. And, like, I genuinely think he's the greatest character ever made. And you know what? I think Stan Lee would have loved to hear that. I mean, I think that just, like, epitomized everything that an artist really wants out of their characters to become, you know? Something that people look up to and want to emulate. Spider-Man is the unproblematic king that we all deserve. Dude, Spider-Man is so cool. Like... He's the epitome of like one of being cool without trying to be cool. Like he's a fucking dork. Bro, there was I saw this thing on Instagram the other day. It was like the reason why that Andrew Garfield kind of like his franchise failed as like a Spider-Man franchise because Andrew Garfield was just too cool to be Spider-Man. They're like if <laughs> Which he was is in fair. high school doing the things he was doing, he wouldn't be this like dork that like like yeah. he'd be the most cool kid in the whole school. So he couldn't hide something like being Spider-Man. I stand by the point that the the uh, Andrew Garfield series should have been him like year out of college trying to make it as a like at his first job kind of thing mm-hmm. and like because Amazing Spider-Man 2 first of all would not have changed that much if he wasn't in mm-hmm. high school like he doesn't really go to high school except for the grad or it's the graduation so it's like post gra- that he's already, yeah, and you can totally finished. cut that out like you could have yeah. Gwen Stacy trying to get a master's or a PhD or something exactly um, also, that's why I like Spider-Verse so much is because I love the message of, like, anyone can be Spider-Man. Because I think it's more – because, like, being Spider-Man isn't about, like, being Spider-Man. It's not about the powers. It's, like, being mm-hmm. the hero, being the good guy, and just being, like, a good person. So that's why I love that that's sort of, like, the message hammered home in Spider-Verse. It's Definitely. just such, like, a good th- – it's also such a good movie to show to kids, and it's a good movie. Like, I love – kids kids media that is genuinely really good mm-hmm. i mean dude most of my favorite tv shows are you know kids tv shows you know oh, yeah. but they just go yeah. so hard that you you can't help but and they have such good messages too i mean i mean avatar the last airbender is fantastic <laughs> it's got a bunch of great messages steven universe i mean i need to watch that dude it it just it's good. It's wholesome. The episodes are like eleven minutes long a piece, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I feel like it kind of brings LGBTQ people. And it makes I don't know, it make it brings them more into like the like the forefront, the public eye. I guess it it makes yeah. them because mm-hmm. there's just so few there's so few of them on TV, and, it, and there are more now, but. You know, especially when in 2011, 2012, when the show first came out, there weren't nearly as many. 
and it just it's it was interesting to see like really main care like the majority of main characters kind of have lgbt identities you know yeah i think the whole like when there's an argument it's not even really an argument but like discrediting because representation is so unbelievably important yeah and that's another reason why i think spider-verse is so good um but people being like oh it's just for diversity's sake or like disliking the amount of representation has never made sense to me because like tokenism not great not a big fan of that but like Mm -hmm. just having a more representational cast of people like just first of all creates better stories and second of all just makes sense and like people say it's like or i don't know white people are like representation isn't as important as people are making it out to be because like that's white people have always represented but representation is like so unbelievably important for young kids and for anybody really I stand by the fact, too, that Sesame Street is the greatest show ever made. I, that's the hill that I'm going to die on. <laughs> I swear to God. You can't, you can't rewatch it necessarily, but, like, if you're babysitting somebody, dude, Sesame Street is the epitome of what television should be. <laughs> dude, have you, have you guys ever seen it, like, as an adult? Never. I barely watched it as a kid, even. It's so – oh, my first word was Big Bird, so. <laughs> that's um, adorable. The show is made so well that it's, like, entertaining for kids and adults. So, like, adults don't get upset watching it. It's, like, not mindless. And it's also, I hate when people think that, like, adult humor in kids shows is just sex jokes. Like, that pisses me off. Mm -hmm. Because it's, like, genuinely inappropriate to put that in a kid show a lot of times. Even if they don't get it. But there is humor that is, like, just more mature or, like more analytical than a kid can comprehend. So it's just going to go over their head. So incorporating, like, really smart humor, like, that's something that Phineas and Ferb did really well. Hell yeah. I, not even... None of the Disney movies really do it all that well because they tend to put in, like, little sex jokes yeah. sometimes. Um, I or Dream I was watching, re-watching El Dorado, the, like, over, over lockdown. Yes. Back in. <laughs> and, like, one of their big, like, goofs and gags that they're like, oh, this is for the adults is just, like, hiding two of the characters away while they have sex. And, like, the other guy goes off to explore the city. And, like, as a kid, you're just like, oh, the, the guy's going off into the city to, like, do his thing. But, like, I was watching this, and it's so... I think it's, it's it so feel, It makes me feel... It felt weird that there's, like, such this emphasis on, like, creating this part of the story that just covers up essentially a sex scene in a movie for, like, 10-year-olds. Yeah. I was yeah, like, and just have the character explore the city. You don't need to have this backdrop of his friend is like, you know what I mean? Like, it just felt so weird to mix the two together. But then I also watched The Princess Bride the other day. And, like, that, I think it's, I don't know if it's a kid's movie per se. I think it is geared towards younger audiences. But, like, none of the humor that, like, I didn't understand at the time and, you know, understand now having just watched it was, like, sexual at all. It was just like goofs and gags that like just kind of went over our heads when we were younger because we just didn't know what they were talking about. But it was like entertaining still to watch 10 years later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's not to say like censor your media because like I don't believe in that because I also am not mm-hmm. sort of like <clears throat> don't put sex jokes in anything. I think they work in a lot of context um, or that they don't necessarily work like teaching things to kids if they're a certain age. But I also think that, like, adults are smarter than that. Like, just ma- – other than being, like, ha dick joke. Like, that's so undermining. But, like, it making is. a – that's where you know it's good writing. If it's, like, a really smart joke 
Because then also if the kid is old enough or if the kid ends up getting it, they're going to feel so smart. Like they're going to feel great. And it just creates better content than being like, we put a hidden penis in this shot. It's like, oh my God, like Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because Princess Bride's a good example. It's like a family movie. Yeah. And there are a ton of more recent, I think, family movies that have like randomly thrown in sort of like euphemisms. And sometimes mm-hmm. they can be funny if they're clever. Sure. I'm not saying they're not funny. But like, I just think it's kind of like, it's <laughs> it's funny because it's childish <laughs> ultimately. <laughs> Um, but the Princess <laughs> yeah. Bride is a, it's just like really well written and it's got things for younger kids. And then there's also smarter jokes for older people. And I think it's like really well put together. It's well balanced. Yeah. As all things should be. <laughs> okay. <Thanos>. Spider-Man. <laughs> Marvel. <laughs> Spider-Man. All right. Well, I think that's a, I think that's a good place. This to was end. great. Oh, this yeah. was a great. Alex, it was a pleasure having you on the episode today. To talk about your favorite song. This might be uh, premature, but this might have been my favorite episode. Oh, okay. stop. Okay. okay. Dude, talk about gender, sports, and Spider-Man. That's like, this is my favorite stuff was what we did today. Can we end off with that song I wanted to do for Jason? Oh, yeah. We'll do a tribute song real quick. No discussion. Yeah, we'll do a tribute song. Hold we on. had a guest that we were going to have on um, who was a bit too busy. So... We have we had Alex in the wings. <laughs> we were gonna have Alex on regardless at a certain time, but uh, we we, we lost money. our we lost our first first guy. All right, well, for this goes out to my man Jason. Can we look up "More Like Jason" by Little Tybee? so many questions nice. <laughs> okay but i like it i'm jason that was for you that's for you jason jason this is what you get for not being available today but <laughs> yeah alex thank you for so, so thank much you for being, being here. here alex that's a pleasure conversing with you for we, the past hour but we but we need a uh, next week's episode What's next, next week's, week's episode topic? yes ladies and gentlemen you have the theme of driving songs to look forward to next week oh, these are yeah. bangers that you queue up when you have the aux cord next week bring your best driving songs Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to today's podcast. Thank you Only so much you for listening. you claimed the $5 prize from last episode that is no longer available. Yeah, <laughs> but that does not mean you shouldn't ta- text us if you... Well, please, let us know if you listen. We make it this far in the episode guys. or if you listen to the podcast. Uh, let us know what you think about know. the podcast. Let us know if you want to be on the podcast. And thank you for listening. Thank you and good night.